We missed the chance for an April Fool's episode or like an April Fool's joke on D1R, but uh, nonetheless, we're back for episode 93. I'm scrolling through the timeline and then looking at all these like... There's some clever ones, like the Battlehawks. You see the Battlehawks That one? one was hilarious. So, for those of you who didn't see it, St. Louis Battlehawks, the XFL team, basically posted what looked like a real announcement that they were moving to L.A. Yeah. It was L.A. And, dude, the people... I don't understand every single year... Well, do you get the shot moving to L.A.? Like, yeah, exactly. Okay. Well, yeah. yeah I mean, you, the Rams. Sure, yeah. yeah, of course. But, like, people are so gullible. So Check gullible. the date. Check the timeline. It's ridiculous. Some of them are more fun. Like Northern posted the one with like the Mackinac Bridge yeah. painted. The have colors. you ever done a D one cool. rejects April Fools? We have not. We did one at NMU football. If I you know. remember last year yeah. was pretty little funny. Willy. We switched up our logo for yeah. this little like very not so intimidating cat, uh, which was hilarious. Decent Photoshop by me, I will add, if I do say so myself. It was pretty good. I remember you showed me it in uh, our, that geography class we had together. You're like, you came in all like giggly yeah. and excited, and you're like, Trevor, look at this. Yeah, it's not bad. I was, was, I was definitely pumped. I was definitely pumped. pumped. But uh, today is March 3rd. This episode, we got Trevor Nowoski, the former linebacker from Saginaw Valley State, joining us. He has definitely made some noise as far as the pro circuit is concerned. His pro day at Saginaw, we talked a lot about that, played in the uh, tropic, Tropical Bowl, and... Um, you know, from here on out, just trying to make it to the next level. So we talk with Trevor here very shortly. If you want to fast forward right to that conversation, use the timestamps on the bottom. If you're watching on YouTube, fast forward to any part of today's episode. Otherwise, though, NFL. And I guess before we got just me and our Trevor today in studio. Trevor, thanks for being here. Of course. Uh, NFL-wise, who's landing Odell? Jets and Ravens seem to be the two in contention. And we'll talk more about the potential deal that was offered to Odell later in the episode. And uh, also, potential teams for this year's Hard Knocks. There are four teams eligible to be on Hard Knocks in the fall. So kind of weighing the pros and cons of which team we'd like to see on HBO. Then, college scene. The new NCAA president spoke about the NIL scene and some regulations he wants to improve, but definitely was adamant that he is for NIL and is not trying to cap uh, the amount of money that athletes are making, which is a good, a good sign for college sports, in our opinion, or my opinion, I shouldn't speak for you. Boise State football is the funny one that I'm excited to talk about today. They have an official brew on campus, and it is awesome, or it is under development. The official brew of Boise State football is currently under development. Doesn't that, that just seem like such a Boise State thing to do? Though? The headline is so sick. It really is. Like, they're making a beer uh, with their Horseshoe Collective, is their NIL collective that helps manage all their athletes' deals. We're going to talk about that one later. If you want to, fast forward, because I think it's going to be a fun one. Um, but as otherwise... You can watch this episode on YouTube, like I said. Otherwise, listen pretty much anywhere. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, you name it. Follow us on Twitter, D1 underscore Rejects, and Instagram slash TikTok, Division One Rejects, to see highlights from the show. Before we get into uh, the D1 Rejects official beer. No, just kidding. Just Boise State official beer. Before we get into all that, let's go talk to Trevor from Saginaw Valley State. Joining us tonight. Former linebacker, Saginaw Valley State, here in the GLIAC, where he was a first-team all-conference selection this past year for the Cardinals. And, as we, we had to double-check on our research, but he was the guy who sealed the game against us in the Dome. The fourth-quarter interception, now he's doing everything he can to make it at the next level. Trevor Nowoski. Trevor. Thanks for having that me. That one stung, dude. Yeah, you know, uh, I thought you guys had us, honestly. You know, Shit, you guys we, did, hey, we did too, pal. We yeah. did too. Yeah, towards the end, we were we were kind of falling apart, and 
you know, I forget what the play was, but yeah, it kind of threw it right across the middle and I just jumped up and caught it and that did a really weak slide. Really weak <laughs> slide. But it uh but it worked out. So yeah, we, we came out with it. That's awesome. Oh, Keener had absolutely no idea you were there. You could you I mean just hey, great play by you though. Kudos to you. You're right place, right time. Sometimes it's all you need, right? It doesn't have absolutely. to be making a crazy play. You don't have to be Ed Reed back there. Sometimes yeah. you just gotta have your feet in the right spot, dude. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. Um, but with you, I mean, before we kind of dive into some things, just want to know, like, what's the word with you? Where are you at in the process? Obviously, followed your career at, at Saginaw from afar and then have you on those socials. So I, I see the check-ins, you know, when you post things every once in a while. But uh, where are you at? What's what's the latest with you, man? Yeah, so two weeks ago, had the GLIAC Pro Day. Um, yep. You know, did, did well there. And honestly, right now, just been training. Um, it's been very, very boring. Um, I don't have a lot to report. <laughs> you know, the one the one interesting thing about training is it, it's really all on you. There's no obviously yep. you have a place to go, but they're not going to make sure you're there and whatnot. So you you know, there's been couple, a couple people who taken the week off or taken a couple weeks off, and really? you know, I, I just felt like you know, there's only one shot for this, especially coming from a smaller school. So I've just been heading down, training every day, and. It's really it. Been going to bed pretty early. Nutrition's been good, but that's about it. I love it. I remember watching. It was the Hard Knocks with the Texans. If you guys remember, it was uh, JJ Watt had his own room in the facility. It was like behind a janitor's closet with a bed. You know what yeah. I'm talking about? Yep, yep. Dude's talking like he gets 10, 11 hours of sleep. Yeah. I don't know how the hell. I I don't even know how he could manage that. I couldn't he's, do that if I tried. I'd feel like a piece of shit i wouldn't even know what to do with myself yeah. but um that, i think that's funny you talk about the like the mundane like boring training because you're doing a lot of the same things over and over again you're preparing huh? for drills because ultimately for guys like you that's what's going to put you on the map right those numbers that separate you from the rest of the pack Absolutely. i think that's funny because i think a lot of guys and they give you the basic answer of like yeah it's just time to put my head down and work and grind and you know every day is new like yeah it's all that's all good and well but like at the end of the day, that shit's got to take a take a toll on you. I mean, for real. At the end of the day, like like you said, like you know the drills you're doing for the pro day, so you're not like trying new stuff or what. You got to do the yeah. same stuff, you know, for two months: Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. You're doing Monday. I'm doing this. Tuesday, I'm doing like, you know, and that's what you got. Like you said, that's what you got to do, especially you know, coming from the GLIAC, if if you want a chance. Hundred so. percent. Yeah. 100%. Now, a little bit of a, maybe a lull or kind of like a down right now as you're preparing to, you know, make whatever that next step is for you. What about the uh, the other side of things? Highlights from this kind of journey, like I said, from finishing up the season in the fall to now, if there was like, if there was a bright spot along the way or a point where you, you know, really kind of all came together and it really hit you, where, where was that point? Um, I would say I, I went to the Tropical Bowl and that was more of a kind of division one FBS bowl where there was a lot of those guys. And that was very eye-opening because, you know, coming from a smaller school, you're, you're always in the back of your mind. Can I play with these guys? You yeah. know, I've never had that opportunity. I'm, I'm very confident in myself, but at the same time, there's always going to be that, that doubt in the back of your head. So when you get there and I'm talking to guys from Virginia tech, old miss, you know, just, just conversations about kind of their journey through football and all of a sudden, like you said, you kind of take a step back. You're like, man, this is, this is pretty cool. You know, I've made yeah. it this far in my journey. And one of the most interesting things, you're talking to the guys about the NIL money, which is crazy. Really? Just stupid money from the one guy at Virginia Tech. He, I 
forget. It was like 20 grand for the semester or something. I was like, so what, what did he have to do on his end? Did he say, I think he I we'll leave obviously names and everything about like, yeah, yeah. I, think, I think you had to start. No shit. That's it. I mean, I mean, that, that's no <laughs> oh small feat, but you show up with a field on Saturday yeah. and this check going to show up in your bank account. It was, you know, and he said it. So like, you know, that's just normal. And I'm, you know, <laughs> I'm sitting here like, dude, I, I, I gotta fight for a meal plan. You know, <laughs> <laughs> that's great. I gotta fight. That's legit. Though. Like that's that's real stuff. And we're gonna talk about some nil stuff. Uh, we got some funny nil stuff to talk about later in the episode. Um, Boise State is their nil collective is making an official beer for the football team. And like, dude, it's no nil is going crazy. The new NCAA president uh, is talking all about new regulations and things. It's going to look way different uh, in six months than it does now. But for now, man, that stuff is is unreal. But on the Tropical Bowl, before you posted that, that was kind of the first time it had actually been on my radar. Now, obviously, I'm no, like, draft or NFL talent evaluator, so I'm not, like, super in touch with a ton of this stuff. But when did that get put on your radar? How long did you know about it before you actually got the invite to uh, go out there and play? I think it, it was pretty – so I posted on Twitter my football highlights – Yep. Uh, and that kind of got the ball rolling for me in terms of finding an agent. Um, I found my agent through social media. He hit me up through okay. there. And then he kind of helped me get into that bowl game. They hit me up. And I had a couple other – kind of how the bowl circuit works is there's, like, the top, you know, like the Senior Bowl, the NFLPA, yep. the Shrine Bowl. And then, like, right under that is the Tropical Bowl. And that's probably, like, the last big Division One bowl game and then there's a lot of smaller division two fcs ones um so i kind of weighed my options and you know like i said i really wanted that opportunity to kind of face that division one talent and mm-hmm. uh yeah it was probably a month maybe a month or two after probably a month after the season it was in january so probably december is when i found out i was accepted into it so i got you then talk about too like those days leading up to it, I guess I don't know how long you were there before the actual game was played, but talk about, like you said, like football in itself by nature of the sport is already interesting enough because you have a locker room of over a hundred guys that could have the most drastically different backgrounds, right? That's what makes it, I think so much more unique than so many other sports. And then on top of that, now you're taking that already super diverse place and picking different people from all over the place and throwing them on another team for just a couple days. Um, I mean, the NIL conversation was already kind of the start of that, but talk about the interactions with those guys leading up to it. I'm just kind of curious to know from the guys who have, have gone through that what those those days leading up to the game are like. Yeah, so the one interesting thing that I didn't realize was the practices are almost more important than the games. Really? Um, yeah, so for the most part, the scouts are really – because when you're in practice, how it worked at the bowl games, there was a lot of one-on-ones – you know, a lot of opportunities where you, it's just solely you, you know, mm-hmm. obviously in the game, there's 11 moving parts, but within practice, there wasn't a lot of like individual like periods and like going over scheme and whatnot. We got a playbook about a week before and you kind of just simple, like cover one, cover two, okay. yep. and stuff like that. Um, the, the interactions were interesting for sure, because everyone's there for the same goal, right. You know, you know, not to be, you know, blunt, but like no one's there to make friends. No one's there to <laughs> yeah. whatever. Everyone's trying to make it. Hell so yeah. I wouldn't say, you know, I met some really cool people, but I wouldn't say at the same time there was very like 
long conversations and whatnot. It was You're really not inviting like, these guys to your wedding. No, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I had a great time with the linebackers, met some really interesting dudes, but at the same time, we're all there for the same, the same mission, you know, to get noticed and to try to make it to the next level. Yeah. A hundred percent, dude. And I think that is, this is what I was going to ask. What next is kind of the scheme of all that too, because you're not going to go in there and they're throwing up like a, Bible of install yeah. at you because that would make no sense, right? For these evaluators and these and these people who are looking and trying to, to figure out talent, find talent, like they just want to see you perform on a football field, not at a pro day, right? Because a guy like you, we talk about your pro day at Saginaw a little bit. You had some great numbers. Now, how does that translate to the field? How does that translate to play? Because I know my Trevor, we, we've been around guys that can lift but can't play for a lick, or yeah, vice versa, true. can't yeah. play or can you know play it great on the field and can't lift in the weight room. So we know it doesn't always yeah. translate. So that was always interesting to me. Now, as far as the coaches at these type of bowl games, what do they do? Um, what is the contact with them like beforehand? Do you meet the linebackers or defensive guys right when you show up? Or is that something that you get into contact with them before you, uh, you arrive? Yeah. So the first day um, was a lot of, it was almost like probably like a if you were like a freshman first day at camp, you know, <laughs> I love you, that. you meet the coach for an hour or two. If you have any questions on the playbook, you, you address them then. Um, and then from there, yeah, there wasn't too much interaction with him because at the same time there was, there was critiquing, like he, he coached us, but at the same time, like you said, they just kind of want to see you, see you out there. Yeah. You know, they don't, they don't want to complicate things. You know, they want to see how are you naturally out there on the field. I hear you, man. Now we can – let's go on a little bit of a, a different track here. I saw – I mean, you retweeted it, so I'm assuming the uh, the source is decent. Going to the Lions local prospect workout? Yeah, so that's that's next week. Sweet, dude. The, um, the 11th. Um, I'm excited for that. Um, you know, and I, I've talked to a couple people. From what I've been told, it's, it's just kind of like drill work. Okay. Um, you'll go. You'll go in the classroom. Um, kind of. You'll pick your brain on some of the stuff. Just see how you think through things. Yeah. Is that something that your agent also helped you kind of like, or is that something that's already on your map? That was. I think that was more after my pro day. Um, okay. Things have definitely picked up since my pro day. Yeah. So, like you said, just trying to get on a radar. Um, and then I talked to a scout, and from what I've been told, um, I'll be going to that. So I'm very excited. That's sick, dude. Hey, I don't. Are you, you a Lions guy? Oh yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. So that'd be, that'd be dude. Good. Even okay, even if it's just you know a mini camp invite or whatever it is, as long as you get like an opportunity, right? I mean that's that word is thrown yeah. around so yep. much, but like you said, you're confident in yourself. Now you've seen like yeah, I can play with these guys. Like no yeah. matter what, um, that'd be sweet, dude. If you see yeah, Trevor in the, in the Honolulu the blue. Honolulu blue. That'd, that'd be, be pretty awesome. badass, dude. Uh, but let's talk about let's talk about that pro day over at Saginaw. It's really you really like I said you separated yourself, put some great numbers out on paper when you tested. Run me through that day and kind of the prep going up to that. I know I saw um, the one interview you gave a you gave a hell of a quote by the way. The biggest interview of my life. <laughs> I looked, That's dude. I know whatever I'm a news guy too. I know whatever news like reporter whoever was talking to you was like. He heard that, his eyes probably lit up because he already knew what the headline of his, his story was going to be. So he made his job easy for him. Yeah, yeah, that was <laughs> that was actually really funny because um, so we're just warming up. I'll, I'll get back to the pro day, but like we're yep. warming up and my coach calls me over 
And, and, you know, not to, once again, not to be rude or anything, but I, I'm locked in. Like, I don't really want to talk to anyone. Like I woke up, didn't even really talk to my parents. Like, you know, it's, it's you know, and, and I'm just like really, really focused on like what I need to do, you know? And my coach is like, Hey, um, the local news wants to interview. And I told him at first, I'm like, no, like, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think I'm in the right headspace for that. Like I'm focused on benching, you know? And yeah. uh, I felt kind of bad because I, I was pretty short with the guy. So if he's watching this, I apologize. But, um, but yeah, no, it went well. Um, walk, going into the pro day, um, you know, probably a week out, you know, you, you know, like, I guess a lot of people have asked me, like, I, I, I did put up some good numbers and did I expect to do that? Yeah. You, you kind of know when you're training what you're putting up because obviously everything's tested. You know, I would say that ain't the first time you went out there and ran a 40 to the three cone. Like, yeah, that'd exactly. be some. I mean, if it was, that would be, that'd be uh, crazy as hell. But yeah. maybe I should have said that. No, I'm kidding. But, <laughs> but yeah, so I, I knew what I was capable of doing. Um, yeah. And then it's really just going out there and trusting, trusting the training. You know, I, I had yeah. a really good uh, group of guys that I trained with and, you know, our, our trainer, Jim, shout out, Jim, he, uh, out. he got us right. And, you know, it's, it's, it's really interesting some of that stuff because when, you know, you come into college or you've played football, you think, you know, how to run a 40, you think, you know, how to do the shuttle and stuff. And it's really, it's, it's really a lot of steps, a lot of like, minor details that you would never think about that mm -hmm. could change like drastically. So yeah, you get humbled, man. Yeah. You exactly. got it. And that's like, they talk about the army like that, right. Too. Like they, they break you down to build you up. And I think, you know, I haven't served, I haven't been in the army, but I have to imagine that college football is some different version of that. Those same ideas, right. They break you down and they build you up into the, the person that uh, they want you to be and sticking mm -hmm. on the pro day. I got to imagine that, that you guys love the fact that you're able to do that in your home turf, right? How many Division II teams can say they're able to hold a pro day like that and attract, you know, professional scouts in the NFL, CFL, even USFL and XFL? Like, yeah. it's like alliteration trying to say all those at once. It's a lot more difficult than I thought. Um, yeah, it was. Um, how special is that, man? Yeah, it, it was cool. Um, you know, I, I, I kind of, after our pro day, I, I was kind of taking a look at some of the other even like bigger schools, division one schools. And you would look at the attendance for how many teams are there. And we, we stacked up there with some of the best of them. I mean, obviously, you know, we're not getting all 32. It is what mm -hmm. it is a lot. How it works with Saginaw is you have to, we would set it up with, so I think Eastern's was before ours at 8 a.m. And so they would come from Eastern to Saginaw's just so it's in the same area and the same. That makes sense. That's smart. Yeah. So no, we do it very smart and, you know, we did a great job of organizing it and, and it was a great turnout. Like you said, there was, there was other leagues there as well. Um, and you really couldn't have asked for a better day and, and it was a good turnout. Gotta imagine that's a big recruiting piece too. Imagine going into a high school with a lot of kids down there, like a lot of kids anywhere, right? Like they're, a lot of kids are trying to play at that next level, trying to play, whether it be NFL or one of those other leagues that we had mentioned, that's got to be big to go and sit at a kid's table and be like, yeah, there's going to be pro talent evaluators, pro scouts that'll be watching you on this field after you show out wearing the Cardinal red and, you know, for a few years here. Yeah, no, yeah, absolutely. Like I remember, so I think a year, it took a year off because of COVID and then we did it last year. And I remember as a junior thinking like, this is sweet. Like I I'm pumped for next year. You know, it's just, it's just a cool atmosphere. And if that's something you're interested in doing, trying to pursue the next level, like why, what better way that, like you said, to kind of recruit kids at a division two level, like 
that you have a chance. Like, you know, it's, it's tough, but we give you guys opportunities. Oh yeah. Hey, I come from Lake Orion. That's uh Jeff Heath, man. Yep. So yeah. yep. I know all about that. So Jeff was obviously the man came from Lake Orion, really didn't have any offers, went to Saginaw, showed out there, gets an invite to the Dallas camp. And next thing you know, he's a team captain. He's yeah, works his way up from special teams and has a, just had a prolific long career in the NFL, made some pretty generational money, which is awesome for right. him. And yep. hey, you can make it from anywhere, brother. I'm, you know, there's a lot of guys that, that'll, you know, give you the same story. But uh, saw there were, like I said, some people from the USFL, XFL in attendance. Have you explored any of those opportunities yet? What are the, the next steps moving forward for you? Yeah. So um, I guess explore those opportunities. I'm I'm open to, you know, anywhere. Obviously, the goal is the NFL. And after my pro day, um, you know, it's picked up. So I've talked to a lot of scouts and um, – you know, yeah. I'm, I'm kind of seeing, you know, beforehand, obviously, like, you know, you're looking in the back of your mind, like, well, if it doesn't work out, I could play here or whatnot. But I, I'm pretty confident after, you know, just kind of going through this journey through the bull game, like you said earlier, you know, I'm, I'm very confident I can play at the next level and I can play with those guys. So that was, you know, kind of checking it off the box. And then the pro day, um, you know, you can see the numbers and kind of see where I stack up, you know, it, it's all, it's all out there. So no, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm open to anything, but obviously right now the goal is to uh, make it to the NFL. So, My man. Even if, hey, and it's like, you know, you say everyone, even if it ain't uh, point A to point B, right? Everyone's routes, everyone's paths look different, even to college football. Then you're talking about the NFL. So success is not always linear. There's all these spends and curves, but uh, shit, man, I'm going to be excited when you when you do end up there, brother. We got You got some fans in us over here. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Guys. Of course, man. Hey, but that's that's all I got for you. That flew by. Uh, like I said, I appreciate you coming on, dude. I'm excited uh, to see you in your gaming chair, maybe on some on some bigger shows in the future. <laughs> well, I'm sick about the gaming. I should <laughs> sick, but no, hey, man, about lumbar it. support, brother. You can't be yeah, you can't be out there opening the hips if your back's bad. Yeah. You know what I mean? You got to be getting those. <laughs> oh. yeah. I love it, dude. But Trevor, appreciate you, man. Seriously, thank you, dude. Yeah. No, yeah, man. Thanks for having me. Of course. Have a good one, man. We'll be in touch, yep. all right? All right. Sounds good. See you, dude. We're back from the conversation with Trevor. Uh, Trevor and I are back from Trevor. And um, that was good. I think we had, we had talked about after we, we finished it. We were like, we got him to loosen up a little bit, right? Oh, yeah. Like, he, I, I had said to him before I hit record, like, he's been on all these shows that, I mean, literally, it is, not to rip on, I won't say names or anything, but it's Q-A. Q-A. And it's just a regimented, like, back and forth well, there is no back and forth. You have your time to talk, and then you're cut off. And then it's next question. It's like going to – they just follow a sheet. Mm-hmm. That's so frustrating as like a host or like interviewer of any type because that's just lazy, right? Yeah. It's lazy. And you see a lot of those right about now because you have all these prospects and all these shows are just trying to get on the map. I mean, shit, me included. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm trying to get these guys on here. But more so to tell their stories than to put me out and to, to be on, you know, platforms or whatever. But really enjoyed talking with him. And uh, you know what? What I should do – is pull up his numbers because when you take a look at his numbers, the way that he tested, I think a lot of our conversation will make a lot more sense. Um, So give me just a second. Here it is. So it's on that relative athletic score that we've seen a lot of uh, as of late, and I will pull it up here, a 9.85 on the RAS. And so for those of you listening, I'll kind of read off some of these Vertical, 34 and a half inches. Broad jump was over 10 feet. 
The forty yard dash, he ran a four four nine laser. That's are you shitting me? That's crazy for for a linebacker. Yeah, that is ridiculous. That is ridiculous. His twenty yard split and ten yard split were also in the elite categories according to this. Um, shuttle was a four two, which again very solid. The three cone a six seven five. Anything under seven in the three cone. I mean, you're working with something pretty special right there. Mm-hmm. I think right. Yeah, that's impressive, dude. That is really impressive. Holy cow. I kind of glanced at this before, but I guess like after taking a good, like a better look at it, like I think it makes a lot more sense when I think some people don't understand when we have like, especially a D2 guy on here and we're talking like, you know, we're talking because we believe he has an actual shot to go play at the next level. The numbers don't lie, right? They actually show you that uh, it's very real, but we can move on NFL side of things. The Jets and the Ravens are in on the mix for Odell Beckham Jr. And uh, I believe it was, I'm not sure. I think it was first reported by Adam Schefter, who then went on, uh, was it Get Up earlier today? Uh, what is that? Looks like NFL Live. He's on NFL Live talking about it a little bit. But the Ravens have reportedly offered wide receiver Odell Beckham a contract via Adam Schefter. Seems that the Jets and the Ravens are the two teams in the mix for Odell, with the Rams also possibly in the mix. The Rams... A seemingly unlikely option, maybe a backup option for Odell. And I think I guess the first thing that jumps out to me from those teams, the quarterback situation for both of them. Um, currently, neither one of them really have a quarterback. Yeah. That's why maybe I the mean, only reason the Rams are in the conversation. Because he might just be like, like you said, a backup plan. The Rams are just like yeah, there and just in case for him. Because yeah. I'm going to guess the Rams are definitely going to want the least amount of money for him. Oh, absolutely. Well, and it one, was, they don't have the money. That's also very true. And uh, they might be putting Stafford on the trading block. We don't know. Like, Stafford I, might just be done. I, Dude. No, that's weird. Yeah, very odd. you got to think Ravens. Could that be, like, one more thing to try to get Lamar to come back? Like, Very true. Yeah. We're, we're finally trying to get you weapons. It was reported he's lowered it since then. But originally, he was asking for around $20 million. For a one year? It, that's what it sounded like. Well, Odell, is he? He hasn't been good, and he hasn't been healthy. And <laughs> I would say not about good because he has been. He has been good when he is healthy. Yeah. But when you're coming off an injury like this, you're not going to get that kind of money in this market. I mean, you're not going to get this kind of. Even though he's an established name, obviously could be a threat in really any offense in the league. He has since reportedly lowered that asking price because no team was willing to pay it. Um, I mean, it's kind of a prove it year for him, so he can't be asking. not kind of. I mean, yeah, yeah, definitely, is. yeah, definitely, yeah. yeah. So he can't ask for that kind of money when it's 100% approve it kind of year. He should get like a contract like, of course, I'm using the Lions as an example, but DJ Chark kind of like, what was that, one year nine? You're talking about this, not the one that like, he just signed with like the Panthers, year, but for the Lions. Year. Yes, yeah. you're right. I think you're spot on. Or was it one year? I don't remember what it was exactly. But that ballpark. It was around nine mil, but it was like a prove it year, and then now he got a better contract. Because he balled out. Because he balled out. Played exactly. pretty well. When yeah. he was healthy. You know, when he was, when he was, healthy, was available. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So, um, but yeah, the QB situation. The the Jets, like, do they or do they not have Aaron Rodgers? Why has this been drawn out so long? It's becoming know. pretty ridiculous, and we've talked at length about Lamar, the restrictive franchise tag situation they had in Baltimore, and now he's requested a trade, I guess, even though he's a restricted free agent, which is so – the whole situation just reeks of him not being in Baltimore. But then again, no NFL teams are interested, apparently. Yeah, and the whole situation is weird. It comes back to the 
Lamar thing, it comes back down to Deshaun Watson messed up the whole QB mark. Certainly does. And it's hurting. It's really yeah. hurting Lamar. And now, though, if you're Odell, why are you even considering the Ravens? Because outside of Lamar, what is so enticing about that offense? The team is obviously solid, but then you take Lamar out of the equation. They did get a new offense coordinator. Did they? It's um, the Bucks offensive coordinator with Jameis Winston. Okay, I did not know that. Yeah, he, so uh, very different. I mean, that doesn't mean they're not going to run yeah, the ball, of course, but, but just a different way of a different philosophy, right? I think he was there when Doug Martin was good too. Okay, so they like to run the ball too. Yeah, yeah. but uh, I remember seeing that like maybe a month ago. So that they definitely are changing their offense. Yeah, which could be a a plus for him, yeah. um, because obviously, you know, and and Lamar's thing is that he. You know, I shouldn't say he has been saying this, but the fans of Lamar, and, and rightfully so, have said, like, he hasn't had weapons to throw to, yeah. right? Like, Mark Andrews, sure, yeah. but, like, I don't think Hollywood Brown, like, no. I mean, he's good, but not elite. Not a wide receiver He's one. not elite, yeah. yeah. He's a good wide receiver, too. Yep. I think, like, with the whole Lamar thing now, it has nothing to do with him not wanting to go back to Baltimore. I think that it comes down to money. If they're not going to pay him. You know I what think, I'm saying? I think like, you're correct. Yeah, I think correct. he enjoys being in Baltimore. Well, yeah, he. I think he's pretty pretty much said that openly, right? Like yeah. he wants to be a part of the, the flock yeah. nation. You know what yeah. I mean, or whatever he called it. But it's just that the money he feels he's earned it, and a lot of people would argue that he definitely has. Yeah, I, um, he's definitely made a case for it, mm-hmm. right? It, it's just that I guess we don't know exactly how much he's asking for, and he's probably asking for it fully guaranteed. Yep, that's exactly what he's doing, which is, from the Ravens' perspective... It's hard. It's hard. I know we're going... We're talking about Lamar when we're supposed to be talking about Odell, but... But, that, I mean, it's I think it, yeah. it's, it's important, because, like, why would Odell want to go there? If Lamar's not there, the, I don't he think wants, there's any reason to go to the Ravens. Snoop Huntley throwing him the ball? <laughs> Self-proclaimed Snoop. Pro, self pro, name, Snoop Huntley? I didn't know that. You when didn't was see that? that? No, when was that? It is, Come yeah, I think it was... It was Sh- <laughs> I think it might have been Schefter... Was like the first Schefter reported that he's like Tyler was going by it's Snoop. Tyler, right? Yeah, it's Tyler Huntley, but apparently, like his like everyone calls him Snoop. Is that an alter ego? Like when Dion puts on the sunglasses and is now Prime? No, I think like that's actually like what people call him. Oh, it's, it's not even an alter ego; it's just an ego. Like that's just his nickname. Like he's Tyler Snoop Huntley. That's funny. I, I didn't know you didn't it. see that. I did not see that. That's pretty funny. You know, I don't. I don't. I haven't seen much of him off the field. Honestly, like, I don't. Pro Bowler. Yeah, Snoop Huntley. That's true. He's a pro bowler. He was bowler. a freaking pro bowler. He had more interceptions than touchdowns. Oh, my gosh. I forgot about the that. The pro bowl was a joke this year. He was a pro bowler, and then Derek Carr, who did not have an NFL team, was a pro bowler because he got benched. Uh, let's talk about Derek Carr and his Saints. They are one of four teams what, eligible what for tra- hard knocks. What a transition. Cody. In 2023. That wasn't bad, was it? That was It's one of my better ones. You're welcome. Um, I laid you. it up for you. <laughs> the D-Wade picture with Brian. <laughs> um, but they're one of four NFL teams eligible for hard knocks in 2023. The other three, the New York Jets, the Chicago Bears, and the Washington Commanders. Um, Honestly, the Saints might be the team I want to see. Although I will say, I don't know if I want to watch... Um, Jamal on another team's hard knocks, like yeah. right after a year after he was on ours, you know, probably doing all the same stuff. And I bet they won't pick pick him. Like, who? That how might does be, that work? Like, but does HBO get to pick who they want? I really don't know who makes the final decision. Um, but as far as we can tell, their coverage of Jamal from when he's in the Lions, the NFL has made him like a poster boy. Like, yeah. oh, look at this guy, and it's a guy. It's rubbed a little bit 
the wrong way now because it's got a little bit old, I think. Right? Yeah. I, well, it's like, oh, also, look at this football player that loves anime and he knows what a Pokemon is. He's so quirky and cool. Yeah. This is also this is also biased because we're Lions fans. Absolutely. We might just be. Well, yeah, because he turned down what was supposedly a decent offer and then to test the waters of free agency. And then when he came back, they didn't have the same money for him. That was yep. all the stories because Brad and, and then the boys were trying to keep him around, I think. That's what it sounded like. Yeah. So, I don't know. In this in this situation, he kind of seems like the salty ex-girlfriend. But maybe that's us. Maybe. Anyways. Back to what <laughs> teams I want on Hard Knocks. Hard Knocks. Um, not the Commanders. That would be so boring. I said Commanders are probably my four. I, there's just, like, it, is there anything I'm interesting sorry, with them besides their ownership drama and probably selling the team? No, I mean Ron Rivera is going to be the most boring coach there is. Which he's by a great, the way, guy, yeah. great guy, great guy. Thank you for preface because I, I think all of his players run through a wall for him. But, but he, as far as hard knocks goes, from hard knocks is yeah. what I'm saying. He's not a great like 100. percent He's just yeah. Um, I mean they don't even have a quarterback. They have Sam Howell. They do not have a quarterback. And Jacoby Brissett they oh, just signed. The best backup in the NFL. <laughs> Congrats. <laughs> Like that just be so boring. It would be, dude. So then you look at the Jets. Assuming they land Aaron Rodgers, that would I mean, be awesome. That's an obvious like that'd be a great pick if if Rodgers is there. Then if you they bring get, in the personalities like Sauce Gardner coming off the insane year that he's had. And Brees and Hall is a good character. Brees like, Hall is a good character. The whole drama with Zach Wilson, whatever the hell ends up happening there. I mean, there's going to be a lot of drama around there. Assuming they get Rodgers, right? Yeah. If they get Rodgers, I think they're a lock to be. On hard knocks. I'd probably agree. And again, we have to figure out who may I mean I just Google it real quick, who makes the decision. Yeah. But uh then look at the Bears. I wouldn't watch any of it if the Bears were. <laughs> but that comes from a Lions fan. Yeah. But I could not care less. I'm just trying to think storylines. Like building around fields, a lot of probably about the draft, right? And their picks, the trade, yeah. right? A lot of that stuff, whoever they bring in. And free agents, right? The 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 big linebacker additions that they had over yeah. there. I'm trying to think where else they kind of shored up. O line a little uh, bit. O line a bit. I don't remember what exactly, but I know they got some O linemen. Exactly, but I just I think it might be tough to find a ton of storylines about the Bears right and now. The because Bears are just boring. They are. They're, what's exciting about that team? To be honest with you, sorry Jimmy, if you're listening, but <laughs> there's just not that much that's exciting about them. No, I'm 100. They're gonna with you. go. They're I'm still gonna be rebuilding this whole season, and is that exciting to watch a team that? I don't know. That just don't seem very exciting to me. Yeah, I don't know. Um, it says right here, just according to this article on on DraftKings, it says a franchise can be forced to be featured on the show if they have a head coach who is not with the team in the previous season, have not made the playoffs in the previous two seasons, and have not been on hard knocks in the past ten years. Huh? This is according to DraftKings. That's odd. Yeah, that's really odd. So that last year, the Lions, the Jets, and the Panthers were the only three teams that would have been forced to be on Hard Knocks if they were selected. Because and that was the first time the show followed the Lions since it debuted in two thousand and one. First off, I didn't know Hard Knocks was that old. Neither did I. But it wasn't. So if you meet that criteria, they sh- HBO shows up at your front door and. We're coming in with the whole crew, and you can't say jack shit about it. That's kind of crazy. I did not. Neither did I. Again, according to DraftKings, but um, that was just the first thing that popped up when I Googled, basically, how do they select hard knocks. And to round out the conversation, 
I don't think the Saints would be bad because Derek Carr, obviously, that's um, a good storyline. New head coach. New head I don't, coach. Could um, they be forced Jame, though? Jameis Winston is a good. Uh, Jameis Winston on Hard Knocks would be electric. Yeah, it'd be great. <laughs> he would be great. Um, Jameis actually inspired one of our. I maybe I shouldn't air this out. He inspired one of our play calls at Northern. They ain't listening for that shit. I can say whatever. So shout out Jameis. Dog. Dog. That just connected in my head right now. Really? Well, Winston? Yeah. <laughs> no way. <laughs> I didn't think about it really. That's awesome. I'm glad I'm glad I could I'm glad I could uh do that for you. But no, I think Aaron Rodgers lands uh in New York, the obvious pick, right? Uh, I don't think there's any question about that. Uh let's move over to the story that I'm really excited about, Trevor. That is happening over at Boise State. And why? Wait a minute. The link I had is not working. Did they delete the tweet, Trevor? No. Oh, no. Let's when see. was this posted? Like semi-recently. I could absolutely just be. Was it posted on April 1st? No, there's like articles and things backing this up. This is okay, this is just, certainly well. Uh, if it was just one link that got deleted, I was just yeah. No, you're not. You're sure. not wrong. I would look really bad in that situation, wouldn't I? You but would I, never do that, though, right? I, you're, you're more you're professional. Think? You're, you're more think? professional than that, Trevor. I can't find it. <laughs> Trevor, I can't find it. Did I get hoaxed? Ruining this whole show now. Oh my shit. No. Okay, look. So this article, this is on3.com, which covers all like big NIL deals in the college athletics landscape. And so right here, basically, it's, this is verbatim right here. Boise State fans will soon be able to indirectly help the name, image, and likeness collective that supports the school's athletes by drinking beer, specifically the Horseshoe Golden Air. Last Wednesday... Ale. ale. Sorry, ale. I don't know why I said that. Last Wednesday, the Western Collective Brewery started the brewing process for the Horseshoe Golden Ale, which is a co-branded beer that's marketed in conjunction with the Horseshoe Collective. So, that the Horseshoe Collective is the NIL opportunities for Boise State Athletics. And uh, it's pretty interesting stuff, man. Why can I not? That's going to bother me now that I can't find the tweet, though. Because I, I just wanted to see. Let's see. I thought uh, the article works. Did you? Yeah, well, the one you're reading it popped right up. But the tweet. Yeah, I. Uh, Let's see the tweet. Maybe it's just you. Maybe it is just me, dude. That is so. Did I nope, get hoped? This tweet has been deleted. Was it from Front Office Sports? Yes. It was. So they deleted that within a matter of hours because I just made this, put this rundown together. That's that's, that's really odd. So maybe they had some misinformation on there or something. But the basic idea is that this Horseshoe Collective, it was launched in September of 2022 as a 501c nonprofit organization whose mission is to, quote, raise awareness for local charitable causes by pairing them with community-minded Boise State football student-athletes seeking to use their NIL to make positive impact on our community. Okay, so not just making deals, but it's more about, like, actually giving back charitable organization i like that um but uh, it's pretty neat for every pint sold western collective will donate 10 cents to the horseshoe collective that's what i saw and if you do the math now could you (laughs) go ahead wait go ahead their projections are twenty four thousand in the first year 
could you imagine though, like being on Boise State's campus, going out on Saturday night, like, yeah, we gotta go support the football team, fellas. I know it's not, I know it's uh, December or January, but we gotta go support the team tonight. <laughs> Get about four pints deep. This is, Do this it for is, the team. This is for you, boys. This is for you. That's awesome, dude. That's awesome. It's just giving validation to the school of drunks. That's <laughs> probably a better way of saying that, but that's hilarious, dude. I, mean, I love that. It's true. It's smart. Let's. Uh, that sucks. I wanted to pull the tweet up and get a little more depth, but you got the basic idea out there. Um, let's see if this tweet from Front Office Sports still works, or maybe their whole page is just down. Oh, no, this is, this is actually from an article from Front Office Sports. So in this one, we're talking about the new NCAA president. His name is Charlie Baker, for those of you who do not know. And he's talking about the name, image, and likeness, the NIL landscape in college athletics. Right? He just finished his first, first month on the job uh, for NCAA. And his biggest priority, he said, is getting new name, image, and likeness regulations passed. Now, his biggest ideals right now, one, is creating what he calls a uniform standard contract for other transactions like, uh, you know, mortgages, like just something that's like a standard type of setup. That way, it's not so freelance all over the place, right? He wants structure. And then what he also said is that transparency is going to be one of his biggest goals. So when... Student athletes and brands or charities, organizations, collectives, whatever, when they make deals, he wants all that information to be borderline public, mm. right? It makes Which sense. is going to be hard to accomplish. It will be, but we, I mean, it makes NIL seem less like yeah, risky. You know 100%, I mean? 100%. Now, I guess uh, and the antitrust law makes it difficult for their governing body and NCAA to legally pass the rules, yeah. and Congress is having a hearing on Wednesday talking about the NIL so or NIL landscape, which should be very interesting. I might have to tune into that. Um, it, oh, no, it already happened on Wednesday. He said it went well. Sorry, it already happened on Wednesday. So it's definitely on their radar, and it'll be very interesting to see if they actually make a ruling on something like that. But I think transparency in that landscape would be really cool to see. And also because then – you're not getting student athletes being taken advantage of, right? Yeah. If you have an established market, it's like the NFL. We can relate it to Lamar, Lamar Jackson. Deshaun got X amount of money fully guaranteed. I deserve this much. You know, if the Cavender twins, the ones from Miami, yeah. if we have an up-and-coming twin duo that are female hoop stars at LSU or South Carolina and they got twice the amount of followers as the Cavender, you know what I mean, just in a hypothetical, yeah. they should be able to look at this deal and be like, hey, this we have what, twice the amount of followers. Give us twice the money. Yeah. Very interesting stuff. I wonder how much of that actually comes to fruition. It'd be interesting to know. But right now, I mean, all we can rely on is this, like, on three website and whatever the hell else we have to kind of verify these, these <laughs> and things. And your deleted tweet. What? And your deleted tweet. And my deleted tweet. So I got April Fool's hoax, apparently. <laughs> um, finally, though, Trevor... The XFL Sea Dragons made oh, a signing, team. made an interesting, I think a smart signing just today. Huh. Former NFL Pro Bowl running back Philip Lindsay has I've... signed to the Sea Dragons. What a play. Smart. He was, I remember him a as a dog. His rookie year when he was, he undrafted? He was undrafted. And, and it was his he rookie balled year. out. He balled out. I was a big Philip Lindsay fan. I mean, I still am, but yeah. I'm just saying, like, 
So that 2018 year, he played in 15 games, had over 1,000 yards. Same thing the next year, had over 1,000 yards again, took a little bit of a decline in 2020, only 500. And then from there, the last three seasons, he's had a combined less than 300 yards in his last three years. He yeah, spent wasn't some, he with Houston? Yes, he went to Houston for a year, the Dolphins, and then this last year was with the Colts where he only had played in three games and had 15 attempts. I mean, so, I guess it's good. It was smart by him, too. I think, it, oh, it's smart on both parties. I mean, especially because this is a guy that, like we both said, we were both Philip Lindsay fans, and he definitely yeah. made some noise when he came on the scene. So for him to to come into the XFL, this is the exact type of guy the XFL could benefit from, right? Especially for an AC Dragons team who's already playing very well. Uh, ben DiNucci leads the league in passing yards. They have a receiver. I forget his name. That's leading the league in receiving yards. And they have Josh Gordon. They also have Josh Gordon, who's not that receiver, by the way. Yeah, yeah so, but I know he's been playing pretty well, too. He has. She's definitely shown flashes. <laughs> that was good. Yeah, come on. Um, but... I think it's a great signing by them. I'm excited for that. And uh, big upset alert in the XFL realms. Did you see that? you catch any of that game? I did not catch any of that game. The DC Defenders taken out by the Guardians from oh, Orlando. Oh, I did see that. I didn't watch it. But I, I believe they were that. like 6-0, and 0-6, oh, oh something along those lines. Like they were, I don't know if they had one win. That might have been their Orlando first win. Orlando was the worst team. Yes, and they took out who was probably the best. Jordan Tamu, starting quarterback for the Defenders. Um Pretty crazy game at the end there, too. And you know it gets interesting, too, because all the It was the like 37-36, too, wasn't it? Oh, it was close. Yeah, it was real close. I think it was 37-36. Yeah. I've been liking the XFL. To be Dude, I, it's I, good. I, I just, I don't know why. Because I follow their stuff, too, but I never know when the freaking games are on. Oh, they're weird. They're like. The schedule's so, I think that's why. The schedule's they, so well, odd. I mean, they get it when, whenever they can get TV coverage. Mm-hmm. They got to take it. Yeah. You know what I mean? They but can't the, go in there with bargain or like like leverage and be like, yeah. give us prime time or give us death. They'll be like, okay. Yeah, you're falling off the bridge, pal. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've been I've said it before on here, but I like the XFL a lot more than the USFL. 100%. Like, yeah, no there, it, it feels like much better football, um, better. It just seems more professional all around. It does. And I think not even just the football side of things, but the operations side of things is what yeah. really stood out to me. And uh, I'm also just the rock slappy. I just love the rock. <laughs> He's awesome. Like, I that like would be it. If there's one person I could just sit down and have dinner with, The Rock. The Rock. He's badass, dude. The, he has, like, explored every venture of life and continues to have seemingly an amazing outlook and, like, seems to be actually a genuine person. And he I does. Just, I mean, it, I hold him in, like, J.J. Watt in that, like, kind of regard. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, J.J.'s a guy in that same category for me. Yeah. And, like, has had to earn everything that. Very true. That's what's so impressive about About Rock. both of them. Like, think about. Yeah, I think both of them, really, yeah, because yeah, JJ's the beginnings, too. But think about, like, his net worth. I don't know what The Rock's net worth is, but, like, let's, he's... Let's find out. He's worked for all of that. You hear that loud-ass keyboard? You probably can't oh, yeah. hear it on the mic, though, because my I mics can. are good. Because my mics are good. Oh, yeah, I didn't hear it on the No, you didn't mic. hear it on here. Uh, Dwayne Johnson net worth. This says $800 million. I believe that. I thought it'd be more. Oh, you thought it'd be with. more? Yes, this is eight hundred twenty million. Yeah, I, I, mean, I think everything's a little above eight hundred million. So yeah, I don't know. I guess I thought I thought it'd be I thought he'd be a billionaire ballpark. I mean, that's pretty close. It is pretty close, but and he's far from being done. But his whole thing, the seven bucks productions, that's like yeah. his yeah for all, that supposedly was started because he had seven bucks in his pocket. That's I, I mean the story I, I tells the yeah story. exactly yeah so yeah pretty cool stuff. Uh, Dwayne, we'd love to get you on the podcast sometime, man. That'd be yeah. 
Shout out pretty, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Pretty sick. Let's get the boy I know on you're here. listening. Yeah, I know you're tuned in, sipping on your Zoa and your Terramana tequila, <laughs> eating his cheat meal of 18 dozen banana pancakes <laughs> and 15 orders of sushi. He'll be like, sushi train on Instagram. And it's literally, like, if you went to Meyer, like, they got the half-off sushi. Yeah. If you just took the entire thing and just plopped it in your shopping cart and then put it on a table, the rock just It's chows. insane. Like, his cheat day. I've seen it before. Like, it's... He's got to be on some shit. You think so? Oh, dude. Yeah, I mean... I know, like, Iron Paradise, like, the dude's working his ass off. I don't care, dude. He's taking something. He has... Oh, yeah. Like, minimum, like, like just some testosterone. His, like... Yeah. Yeah, minimum. He's... Yeah. Dude. How old is he? He's got to be close to 50. He's got to be in his 50s now, right? The Rock age. 50 years old. Oh, right bing, on, bing, 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 right bing, on bing, the money. Bing, bing. <laughs> like, yeah, he has to be taking something to still be looking like that. The handsome guy. He is. We'll sound end it like on that. You, sound like you have a little crush there, Toby. <laughs> it's a little. We'll end it on that. Thank you for tuning in. Division One Rejects. Uh, we'll be back on Friday. Back with Jimmy Martin, the D3 Insider for D1 Rejects, and with other great guests for you. Appreciate you listening.